I want to talk about Nehemiah, shall we? Because he dealt with exactly what we're dealing with today. I'm going to bring up some things and you're going to go, well, what did you mean by that? I meant exactly what I said according to God's word. I don't want you to over, over-examine what was being said here because we need some positivity, and I want to give that to you. Is everybody on board with that? Are we all in agreement? Amen. All right, good. So, Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah is a cupbearer, and he is a cupbearer to the king of Persia who has now been in reign for 20 years, and Nehemiah is a good dude. He's a great guy. He's not just a cupbearer, but he's executive. He's in a position of honor. He has got it together. He's well-respected. He was located 250 miles uh, east of Babylon. And as you know, 150 years prior to this, uh, because of the Babylonian captivity, the city was destroyed of Jerusalem. The walls tore down. The temple was destroyed. It was the most heartbreaking historical event for the people, uh, the Jewish people. And now... This, this has been some time, and Nehemiah has been working here at, at, at the, uh, the kingdom for a long period of time, and his brother shows up, which is really cool because his brother really loved Nehemiah, and he, he went a thousand miles to get there. It took him around four months' journey, and, you know, Tony would never do that for me, but this guy did it for his brother, thank you, and how many got a really good brother or sister to do that for you? Nobody? Wow. We are lacking here. <laughs> um, but when he showed up, he, Nehemiah said, what is going on with Jerusalem? What's going on with our, the Jewish people? What's going on with our city, our nation? His brother said, it is not good. It's not good. The, the, the walls, they're still down. They haven't been rebuilt. The, the temple, yes, it's rebuilt. Uh, Ezra has been working on that project. Things are going pretty good there. <clears throat> uh, religion is being established again, but... Um, there's division. Uh, people are still in captivity, and there's just a remnant left, and, 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 the, and there's a lot of division. There's a lot of people are just upset. Y'all follow me? And it's just not good. And this all took place forever ago, and it's not getting any better. 150 years ago, Nebuchadnezzar, if you remember that guy, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember those guys? This guy is the same guy that affected their life with the decision they made to stand for God, that he tore up Jerusalem. And so things have not changed as for the city. And so Nehemiah is devastated by the time we get to verse 3. Uh, sorrow overcame him because of the reproach that was on the city. And, and it was a reproach on the people of Jerusalem because there was a lack of protection. Uh, the walls, the security was gone. There was a lack of prosperity. The, 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 the merchants weren't able to do what they needed to do because, you know, the walls, they would gather around the outside of the walls and sell and so forth. And, the, and then there was a, a lack of pro, uh, uh, protection because there was no walls. And so he's just broken. And, 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 and I'm telling you, I feel the same way here, here in America and across the world. It's, we're We're broken. We're broken. Sit, sit aside all your feelings and just use your heart for a minute. Can we just use our heart this morning? Are you broken for what you're seeing? Are you, are you broken for the lack of unity? Are we broken for the disease and sickness and everything that's going on? It's just overwhelming. And the news of Jerusalem's division and disarray brought, brought Nehemiah to a heartbreaking position. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4, And it came to pass when I heard these words, I sat down and I wept and mourned certain days and prayed before the God of heaven, he said, I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servant, and confess the sins of the children of Israel. Isn't that interesting? Which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house, 
have sinned. We, we've been corrupt in verse 7. We, we haven't kept the commandments. We're, we're your judgments, the commandments uh, uh, of Moses. We've just not doing right. He recognized before he saw anybody else's sin, he saw his own sin. So let me say this. As we get into this, don't sit there and start thinking in your mind and pointing fingers to people. Start pointing fingers to your heart and think about where are you and how is Satan affecting you. So Nehemiah understood the reproach on the city was a result of sin. Reproach means shame. Shame, shame, shame. There's so much shame on America. The other countries are laughing. What are they doing? They're destroying themselves. You don't hear about terrorists right now, do you? No, because they're sitting back going, they'll kill themselves. They're going to destroy themselves. The disease will get them or they'll, they'll have division and that'll take care of them. And they're just watching and that's what Satan does. Satan is evil. He don't care what color you are. He hates you. And he'll use whoever to create division and discord against you. And we should be broken. In Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 8, there's a remembrance. A remembrance that if we transgress against God... God said, I will scatter abroad the nation. He told Nehemiah that. You cross that line and start doing things your way instead of God's way, it will disrupt everything. There will be division amongst the people, and they will not be unified. Are you all following me? It's called sin. Are we looking at our hearts right now, just your own hearts, right? Where you are with Christ. So Nehemiah knew that sin. So he began to weep. Do you know there's a difference between weeping and crying? Some of you said, I'm so upset. I've been crying about this. Crying just means you're upset. That's it. Weeping means you're broken. Broken. He was broken for his people. When's the last time you were broken for your community? When's the last time you were broken for the United States of America? One nation under God in God we trust. United we stand. Are you broken? Then he prayed. Some of us are so busy doing this, we never stop and pray and talk to him. We're just running our mouths about everything else. Then he fasted, and then he acted. I love that. Nehemiah knew that there had to be a change in order for unity and the rebuilding of his nation. So, God said in verse 9 to Nehemiah, if you just get it together, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, uh, I'll gather them together. I'll put you back together. All you have to do is get it together, people. Get it together. So he's so broken, he comes before the king, and he's delivering the, 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 the drink to the king, and the king's like, whoa, what's going on? Because Nehemiah has never went in front of the king with sorrow. He's always put on a, a, a fake face if he had to. He's like, hey, you ready for your juice? And gives it to the king. This day it didn't work because he was broken. And the king said, there's something not right I can see there's heartache. It was evident. He was upset. He wasn't even sick. That wasn't an issue. You are upset from the heart. So he asked the king to help him. What a brave decision. And the king did. And the king in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 7 gave him letters to give to the governors. So he got permission from the king. And then he got more letters to give to the king's forest. That's cool, huh? So he had provision that means it's like going to Lowe's or Home Depot and saying, what up? Letter from the king. 
Load up the truck with the two by fours that are not twisted. Go to Lowe's, not Home Depot, and you get the right ones, all right? So and then in verse 9, the king gave protection. Protection. He sent his men with them. Now things are going to happen. So Nehemiah took action and made a positive difference during a time of division and destruction. He said in chapter 2 and verse 12, And I rose in the night, and, and, and I and some few men with me, neither told I any man what my God had put in the heart to do at Jerusalem. God was working in my heart. I didn't have to have a discussion with anybody. I just knew what I needed to do. Let me remind you, in order to have change in the nation, there must be first change in the heart. There must be change in the heart. Stop worrying about the color of skin and start worrying about the color of your heart. Do you understand that? If you focus on yourself a little bit in your own heart, God can make a difference in your life. Because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, keep Thy heart with all diligence, for out of them are the issues of life. What's in your heart dictates your life. What's in your heart dictates the nation, because with your heart you will either choose to follow God or follow men, either to listen to God or listen to negativity. It is your choice to allow your heart to be sensitive to God's leading. Are y'all okay? This is a positive message. I'm going to drink some more. <laughs> Tony looked at me before you left. Staff me and he goes, Dave, you always make me nervous when I leave. I said, you don't have to worry, buckaroo. I'm positive. And I am. There's too much negativity. Too many people nervous. Too many people upset. Nehemiah began to build his nation by starting with the community. You ready for this? This is so cool. In Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17, he gathered the people together and confronted the issue at hand. He said, look, look around, guys. We got to get it together. Let's do this together. So he said in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17, then said I unto them, you see the distress that we're in? How Jerusalem lieth waste and the gates thereof are burned with fire? Come and let us build up the walls of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach, a shame. And you know what the people said? They didn't go, no, I don't want to. No, I really like staying at home, sitting on my couch and eating eggs and watching the, the, the TV. I'd just rather watch Pastor Tony at home. Well, that has to happen for a period of time. And not everybody can come back for a period of time. But eventually they need to know you can still build and work for God regardless of where you're at. Because there's a job to be done, and we can do it no matter where. But we seem to let our guard down and forget that. So this is what they said. And they said, let us rise up and build. Let us rise up and what? Build. In other words, let's get to work. It doesn't matter if I have to do it from home because I'm physically not able to get out because of what's going on with the coronavirus. I'm going to get to work. It doesn't matter if I'm not able to have my Sunday school class. I'm still going to get to work until it it opens back up. It it doesn't matter if I can't go in the choir. I'm still going to do what I can with where I'm at, all right? Anytime a nation rises up to make a difference, it will always hit opposition. It will always deal with evil. Because evil despises change that is good for mankind and brings glory to God. Evil always will hate it. So verse 2, chapter 2, excuse me, in verse 19. 
the three stooges show up. Sanballat, uh, Tobiah, and Geshem. And they heard what was going on. And in verse 19, they began to laugh them to scorn and despised us. They were like, no, what are y'all doing? The walls have been down for 150 years and we like it. We like it. We don't want change. We want to just stay miserable. We want to do it our way. And they were very upset. Y'all follow me? Satan always gets upset. Why does he get upset when good things happen? You ever wondered that? Do you guys remember just before a lot of this horrible division took place here in America? When we were all in quarantine, what the motto was? We are in this together. And Satan goes, what? What's going on? Even the non-Christians are saying we're in this together. Italy is saying it. France is saying it. Spain is saying it. Everybody's saying it. I don't like it. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'll use evil men. I'll use evil people. I'll do whatever I can to create a division. So he makes his move. And he will use whatever means possible to make that happen. He hates unity. He hates joy. He hates love. But it didn't stop Nehemiah because in chapter 3, he gathered all the people together and they started building, doing the work of God. Check this out. It is one of the most boring passages of scripture in the Bible outside of like Matthew, the beginning of Matthew, when you have all the, the, the chronological order and all the things that happen with the families and the names and, and blah. That's all kinds of stuff going on here in Nehemiah just the same. So here's what's, what's happening. Nehemiah chapter 3 is a list of all the people that came together and built side by side. This, the coolest part of this is that they were diverse cultures, diverse, different tribes, and they were working side by side for the nation. Some were from Jericho, some from the uh, tribe of Levi. And the Bible says over and over again, next unto him, built. Uh, after him, repaired. After them, repaired. Built, repaired, built, repaired, built, repaired, all the way through chapter 3. You know why? Ain't nobody worrying about what you are, who you are, where you're from. They all said, we're in this together because we got a job to do. And Satan's like, no! And they're like, yes. And they built and built. And guess what? You ready? They all had a job. It lists their job. Some were building latches and fences. And it was so cool. All purpose with the same goal. Now, Satan's goal is to pull the people down and to discourage them, to stop them. So we built the wall, chapter 4 and verse 6. And and, and, then it was coming together so well. You know why? Because the people had one mind to work. They had a mind to work in chapter 4 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 2 says, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Y'all agree with that? Satan's goal is to pull people down, to discourage them and divide them, to stop them, to stop them from being like-minded, because like-minded people get things done. So let's skip forward and find out how. Nehemiah chapter 6 came to pass, chapter 6, verse 1, that the three stooges showed up. Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, and the rest of the enemies. Heard that I had built the wall, and that there was no breach left therein. Even though the, the door, he said, wasn't actually up just yet. Sambalat and Geshem, they sent me a messenger. Let me paraphrase a little bit here. And the messenger came, 
And basically, he wanted to invite him to join them for a little meeting. And he said, let's come meet together in, in a village called Oh No. Right? When did you immediately go, Oh No. I mean, it's so obvious this is a bad idea. My enemies want to go to lunch in a city called Oh No. And here's his reply. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent a messenger unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Was I leave and come down to you? Are y'all crazy? I got a good thing going here. I'm not going to come down. You're not going to pull me down. I'm not going to stop what I'm doing so you can hinder the work of God. I say we need clarity. In the midst of everything that is happening today, we cannot come down. We cannot stop the work of God. We cannot stop doing what God has called us to do. Do you agree with me? Are you with me? Do you understand Satan is against what is going on for the, the people of God? He does not want to see it. When the building the walls of Jerusalem, there was, there was two methods that Satan used against the people. And they're using, he's using them today. All right? It's been going on for a long time. You want to hear the first one? Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 4. So they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. They were just keep on coming, coming and coming and coming and coming. And I keep on saying, I'm not coming down, I'm not coming down. Then send ballot, he sent a servant unto me in like manner. The fifth time, the fifth time. And when he came, wherein he, he brought with him a letter. And wherein was written, it is reported among the heathen, and Geshem saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel. For, for, for which cause thou builtest the wall, and, the, and thou mayest be their king. According to these words, and thou hast also appointed a prophet to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, there is a king in Judah, and now shall it be reported, you notice that word reported, to the king according to these words, come now therefore and let us take counsel together. In other words, it's like a little reporter shows up and he says, hey, it's me again, hey buddy, so you still got the wall going on, just want to let you know, I got a letter here, a little report for you. We are letting everybody know that you're trying to do this so you could be the next king and create rebellion. What? We're just, what? This is for our society. What do you, what? And then he goes on and said, we're going to let everybody know, even the king. Hmm. What's that sound like to you? It's called, you could call it false news or fake news, but it's been going on forever and ever and ever and ever. People are like, this is just new because, and forget what Trump said. It is not new. Fake news has been going on forever. And I mean that with no disrespect. I'm just simply saying fake news was the issue. Now watch this. Fake news happened because in Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 4, you ready? He had to confront the issue. Yet they sent unto me four times. Fake news was persistent. Now it doesn't matter, again, if Trump says it, if I say it, if you say it, the bottom line is false fake news has been going on forever. And I mean forever, because that is what Satan does. He tries to create things that are not true. Fake news is persistent. Our response must be just as persistent. Did you see? I answered them after the same manner. I cannot come down. He said, just as persistent as they are, I am too. We're not stopping. 
Satan is the most persistent adversary you will ever encounter. He's as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. When a lion is seeking prey, do you think he's going to slow down? No. He's going to go until he eats it. He's persistent. We must be just as persistent by constantly combating and, and weed out the negative news. Do you all follow? Why are you all so quiet? I'm going to get another drink. Y'all, y'all know it's true. Negative news. Some of you love talk radio. You say, I'm on the left side, I'm on the right side. I don't care which side you are. Sometimes both sides are creating negative news. Negative, negative, negative. Did you hear this? Did you hear that? It could be in the newspaper, it's social media, it's talk radio, it's the news stations, it's Fox News, it's CNN, it's all over the place. And Satan's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so full of fake news and it's persistent. It's okay, I don't know if you knew this, it is okay if you unfollow negativity on Facebook. You're like, what? Yes. Yes, it is a feature on Facebook. You can actually unfollow people that are pulling you down in a negative manner. <laughs> I have done it. <gasps> oh, was it me? Maybe. You'll never know because you can't. Hmm. The bottom line is, don't pull me down. You say, you're not supposed to see that. You're a preacher. Yeah, I am. But I'm a human. And I don't want to live in a state of negativity. Don't. Pull me down from the wall. I've got a work to do. I cannot come down. I cannot come down. Why is it that we always have made it a point with our children to tell them the kids not to hang out with? That is a bad kid. You will not go out with them. Birds of a feather flock together and you're going to flock with that child. You'll be like that child and that is not going to happen. Not today. But then when somebody tells you to unfriend somebody on Facebook because they're bad friends, you're like, oh, but what will they say? What will they think? I'm, I don't want to be that way. I'm so passive. Jesus is not passive. Are you all still with me? This is a positive message. Tony, it's a positive message. It is a positive message. I just jumped somebody's battery and I noticed I put... I, I, I put the jumping cables on a positive side. And then I realized it won't jump off unless I put one on the negative side. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering. It's the only way to get the job done. Right? Amen? Amen? This is a reality we must face, but we're just scared to say it. Our responsibility is to weed out the negativity. Fake news is not only persistent, fake news is a lie. False news is a lie. Then I sent unto them saying, there are no such things. Nehemiah said, there is no such things done as thou sayest, but thou hast feignest them out of thine own heart. In other words, you just made that up. It's not true. It's not true. Fake news has existed from the beginning of time with a little news reporter named Satan as he slithered up in the tree and he said, did God say? And Eve is like, I don't know. Did he? It's just me and my husband here. I should know this, but I think I'll listen to you. She walked with God. How easy is that to know the truth? Because we're human, we're easily swayed. We believe whatever. Did you know just because you look it up on Google doesn't mean it's true? Some of you are like, what? All this time. I thought that ingrown hair was the end of my life because I Googled it and I found out on some medical website. 
Good grief. Our responsibility is to seek out truth. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? It'll what? Yes, it'll set you free. Truth sets us free from bondage, depression, frustration, fear. Seek truth. Truth. Don't believe everything you hear. Didn't your mama teach you that? Didn't you know you're not supposed to believe everything you hear? George Orwell said, the further a society drifts from truth, the more it will hate those who speak it. They can no longer comprehend it, so they will despise it. That's why the Bible says man thinketh what is right in his own eyes, but the end is what? Destruction. Because they will start to live life according to their interpretation instead of God's inerrant truth. Mark Twain said it this way, it is easy to fool people, it is easier to fool people than to convince them that they've been fooled. Interesting, right? You say, I'm not that naive. I, I, I'm older and wiser. It's amazing how many people are older but not wiser. For instance, the War of the Worlds, Orson Welles' realistic radio dramatization of Martians invading Earth, broadcast radio, October 30th, 1938, shook the world because they actually thought Martians were invading the world. Everybody believed it. You don't believe me? Listen, it was so realistic, they're like, this is really happening. The green people are coming. Just listen to this clip. It, it sounds real. I'll give you every detail as long as I can talk and as long as I can see. The more state police have arrived. They're drawing up a cordon in front of the pit. About 30 of them. No need to push the crowd back now. They're willing to keep their distance. The captain's conferring with someone. Can't quite see who. Oh, yes, I believe it's Professor Pearson. Yes, it is. Now, now they've parted and the professor moves around one side... Uh -oh. Studying the object while the captain and two policemen advance with something in their hands. I can see it now. It's a white hexagon tied to a pole. Flag of truce. If those creatures know what that means, what anything means. Wait a minute, uh -oh. something's happening. Here it it's coming. Humped shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against a mirror. What's that? There's a jet of flame springing from the mirror and it leaps right at the advancing men. It strikes him head on. Lord, they're turning into flames. Now the whole field's caught up by the woods. The bars, the, the gas tanks, tanks of the automobiles spreading everywhere. Coming this way now, about 20 yards to my right. Folks, stay calm. Aliens never invaded. Some people may act like their brains have been sucked out of their head, but they never were sucked out of their head because of aliens. The fact is, it was on the radio, and that's all they had to listen to. When they had downtime, it was radio time. And this dramatization convinced people that aliens had invaded. Everybody was freaking out. Now, some knew it was just a lie. Some knew it was just dramatization and for fun. But Satan's greatest tactic is deception. To convince us to believe in that which is not true, did God really say? So, have you swallowed the pill? Because here's something else you need to know. Fake news is not only persistent, it's not only a lie, but fake news has an agenda. What? No. Dave, I would have never thought that. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together, they said. Understanding has to be clear. The agenda for this man, 
uh, Nehemiah was to be killed. They wanted to kill him. Now, the agenda for the people against Nehemiah was to kill him. You see, if you look back, the Bible explains that. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 8, they conspired all of them together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder them, to stop the work. Listen, may it be clear, Satan's agenda is to stop the work of God, to stop unity, to stop relationships, to stop communities from loving God. You know what was in the midst of this community? The temple. It was already built. We're in the midst of our community. Doesn't mean it's always going to stop what's going on in the community. Unless the people that are a part of the temple rise up and get the work. We have to know Satan's end game. How and why is he pulling down God's people? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Remember, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walking about seeking may who he may devour. What does sober and vigilant mean? Self-control, watchful. It means clear-headed, alert, serious, and aware of what is going on. Wake up, in other words. Look around you. Don't believe everything you hear, even though it's constantly in your face. Constantly, constantly, negative, negative, negative. Don't swallow the pill. Know the agenda. Because Nehemiah did, and he said, I'm not coming down because I know you want to stop the work. Second method of fearful life. It's not just fake news. They wanted a fearful life. They wanted to inflict fear upon the people. Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 9. Nehemiah said, for they all made us afraid, saying, their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. They're going to be so wore out. Hey, guys, hey, you're not going to finish the law. You may as well just come, come on down here with us. Come on. You're tired. You're wore out. You're exhausted with what, everything going on. You're not going to finish. Just listen. And they're like, what? We're not going to finish? Did you hear that? We're not going to finish. Put it on Facebook. We're not going to finish. Tweet it. Put it. We're not. Uh, uh, Instagram. TikTok it. Whatever we can do. Just get the word out. It's not going to be done. You know why? Because Satan works that way. I already lost some of you. Some of you on Facebook is like, I'm not watching anymore. <laughs> negative news. Negative news. Right? Y'all with me? I have nothing to apologize for. This is the truth, and the truth will set you free. free. Yes, it will. They did it through fear of doubt. Their hands, they said, will be weak and you can't finish. They were doubting their ability to stay strong enough to finish the work. I have been weak. I have. Very weak. So weak sometimes, I'm just like, oh, just, oh, I'm so mad. And then I bought an inflatable hot tub. I put it in my backyard. Don't you all judge me. I grew up in Alabama. It's cool. And every night I crawl in my inflatable hot tub and I just, I listen to music. I listen to God's word. I look at the birds, except last night there was bats. That was discouraging. But outside of that, I'm just like, yes, yes. All my fears, frustration, go into the filter and leave me alone. I know what it is, the doubt, frustration. We doubt our ability to do God's work because Sometimes we think more about our sin than we do our Savior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're focused on it. I've been so angry and bitter. I may as well just stop going to church. The, the church will fall on my head. I'm a bad person. You're a person. You're a human being. It's okay. We make mistakes. Get up. 
We draw false conclusions from our circumstances. That discourages us. You all follow me? We, we focus on our faults more than we focus on our faith. We, we stop believing he's able. We give up on the battle before it's over because of the fear of doubt. Don't do it. Stay on the wall. Isaiah 26, verse 3, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You want perfect peace? Get your mind on Jesus Christ. That's why Philippians says, whatsoever things are pure and wholesome and just and lovely, think on these things. Get your mind right. Get your mind right. Get your mind right. But you can't get your mind right if it's infiltrated with the wrong things. Have you ever found yourself fearing that life will never get back to normal again? Or you, you won't be able to continue the work here at the church because they'll never open the Sunday school or they're never going to have choir or they're never going to have the bus ministry and you're just frustrated. Hmm. Satan's working on your mind to make you doubt. And they also worked through the fear of death. This is a sensitive one. Yes, it is. Everybody is fearing what's going to happen next. So Nehemiah in chapter 6 verse 10, y'all are so quiet and making me nervous. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 10. Nehemiah is walking down, one of, down the street by one of his buddies' house. And, and all of a sudden, his buddy's like, Nehemiah, come here. He said, Nehemiah, we need to get in the temple and shut the door because they're going to kill you. They're going to kill us all. We're going to die. Death is lurking in the shadows. We're not talking about quarantine for a moment. For a long time, he wanted to do it. Shut everything out. He wanted to be done. Because we're scared of death. Bad people are everywhere. Disease, sickness is everywhere. Let me tell you something. I wanted to go to Tennessee and move to the Smoky Mountains. I'm so, I got so discouraged about a month ago. I said, look, breathe. Let's just pack up everything. Let's get a cabin in the Smokies, even though we don't have the money. Let's, and, and, and let's, let's just live on the land. Let's unplug. Yeah. And then I remembered Somebody burnt down the Smokies like three years ago. Bad person, they burnt the Smoky Mountains down. What? There is bears in the Smoky Mountains. And poisonous snakes, you know why? Because bad things are everywhere. Bad people are everywhere because we live on earth. And that's why we can't join them. Rise up and show Jesus Christ to everyone. Because if they see the light of Jesus Christ, they'll glorify your Father. In other words, they'll come to know him. Be thou the example. Make a difference. Don't run from it. Don't fear it. And the fact is, I know it's scary times. I know things look rough. I know coronavirus is scary. But trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. Let me ask you this question. Are you still breathing? Can you do this little, just a little bit. I don't want everybody going, ooh, you're breathing on me. Just go. It's okay, you can do that. It's natural. You still have life in you. You know what that means? God is not done with you yet. You have a purpose. You're not dead yet. Your life ain't over. God's in control. How many of you are believers in Jesus Christ? Would you raise your hand, please? Then you are alive in Christ. You're alive in Christ. And God still has work to be done. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life that I, which I now live, in the flesh, I'm alive, I'm still breathing, I live, what? By the faith of the Son of God, 
who loved me and gave himself for me. So don't come down. Don't give up. Don't let fear control your life. Be cautious. Be safe. Use common sense. Do what you know is right. Amen? Anybody, any Yahoo walks out of here and says, Dave said, throw your mask away and dirty your hands is a liar and false news. Okay, please, don't waste my time with that. Do you like how I just did that little, I don't know why I just did that. That was awkward. Can we delete that? It's Facebook Live. It's, it's happened. A lifestyle of fear has no place in the work of the Lord. So don't come down to the lifestyle of fear. Do you understand me? Here's where we're at. Let's do a little spiritual test, shall we, where you're at before we leave. I went to the neurologist. I watched the way he did this. I know how to do this, okay? He asked me questions, and this is the way he did it. I'm just going to ask you the same questions. Have you found yourself worrying excessively lately? Are you, you guys are quiet. Are you experiencing anger? Hmm? Are you? Do you find yourself being frustrated more often? Do you? Some of you are looking at me like you just sucked a lot of lemon juice through a PVC pipe. You're just like, nothing is funny. Life stinks. I'm miserable. Cheer up. All right, y'all good? Do you find yourself being frustrated more often? Have you been dealing with moments of bitterness? Okay. Well, it's either A, B, or C. A, you just got married. B, you have children. Or C, you have an unsound mind. I don't even know if that's grammatically correct. Maybe your mind is not sound. I don't know. The point is, you do not have a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a what? Sound mind. The spirit of fear is not of God. God did not give you fear. You gave that fear to yourself or somebody influenced you. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. During the time of when I'm walking through the valley and the shadow of death is lingering over me, I'll fear no evil. It's okay. You're going to stay here as long as God wants you here. You understand? Y'all get that? So press on. Don't live in fear. In the end, it was simple. The end goal of the enemy of God, Satan, was to pull the people down into sin and shame. And as we study the scripture and look, it never happened. They wanted a false report, a negative report against the people of God. You know how you get a negative false report against you? You know how you get negativity set against you? Do what's right, people get upset. But does that mean we come down? No. We cannot, we will not come down to despair, distress, anger, bitterness, racism, name it. We're not doing it because we are the people of God. I am an American with one nation under God, I believe. In God we trust. I stand for what God's word says, and we do not apologize. And the more we stand for God's word, the more we love people, the more we invest in people, the more we encourage people, the more we show the love of Jesus Christ, the more people come together and want to join you on the wall and get some things done. Nehemiah 6.15, so the wall was finished. Mm, I love that. And they closed up shop. You know how they did it? This is so cool. 
In Nehemiah chapter 6, excuse me, in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 1, we see how they did it. They came together, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man. You know what that means? Unity. They got together and said, we're in this together. And they finished the work. And this is the coolest part. Ezra shows up, and they build him a pulpit. And the other preachers show up. And then they break out the word of God and start teaching the law. And then they start saying, this is what the Bible says. And this is the way it is. And this is the way it should be. And this is how we act. And this is how we don't act. And yes, there's got to be guidelines and principles. And, and we need to do these things because this is what God wants us to do. And the people were listening. The Bible says young and old, men and women, everybody was listening and, and they were enjoying it. And all of a sudden they started to worship, the Bible says. They were singing and rejoicing. And then it closes out with them saying in verse 6, Amen, amen, with lifting up of hands. And they bowed their heads and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. I cannot come down. We cannot come down. Do not be pulled down with discouragement and fear. Do not let false, fake news, whatever you want to define it as, pull you down. Spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Let no, people know it's not over. Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. The battle is not done and God will win. But it's up to you to decide where will you stand, on the ground or on the wall? Where do you stand? 